Support for Iowa Catholic Radio and Making It Personal is provided by Sarah Vocations Ministry. Learn more at joinserra.org. Making It Personal with Bishop William Johnson on Iowa Catholic Radio and iowacatholicradio.com. Welcome to Making It Personal with Bishop Johnson. I'm Jean Till, and on today's show, we're visiting with Stephen Minnis, president of Benedictine College in Atchison, Kansas, about faith in academics. Really inspiring. Looking forward. Uh, obviously, I'm on familiar territory there, Jean, yeah. but good morning to you as well. And uh, here we move into the month of November that uh, mm. kind of uh, speaks to our souls in so many ways, and those who we feel that communion of saints and the communion of those who are completing their pilgrim way in a, a very beautiful way. So the Feast of All Saints on Wednesday uh, was also fortunate to have the breakfast with the Bishop of Catholic Charities, yeah. lifting up our emergency shelter and all who support that community, you know, truly being present to those who might otherwise be on the margins too. So, And then yesterday's Feast of All Souls and that uh, consciousness of that communion and how our lives, our spiritual sacrifices continue to bless and help maybe uh, speed and provide that last little uh, momentum and push for those who are looking to join the communion of saints. I noted uh, in October, a kind of uh, uh, unique uh, resonance there, uh, October 24th, uh, uh, 1933, so 90 years ago, was neither the, of us were there. No, just for the <laughs> record, you know, and uh, you know, my mom was just barely there, yeah. you know. But uh, uh, the death anniversary of Bishop Thomas Drama, the Diocese of Des Moines, oh, yeah. and so 90 years ago, also 2000, the death anniversary of Archbishop Daniel Sheehan of Omaha, so our Spirit mm-hmm. Catholic Radio, so the two shepherds there mm-hmm. uh, now united in heaven we pray in so many ways so and then just all the cornucopia of saints during this month is just tremendous so martin de poor charles borromeo all these saints that are there uh we just continue to roll with that also i was kind of uh, amused being with our saint augustine fifth graders also on feast of all saints as they dressed up in, in saints mm-hmm. and all the stories i know something many parochial schools are doing in our diocese and beyond but they certainly had their own flair as they did that. And I'm putting brought- I'm putting the finishing touches on Saint Gemma Galagani for my granddaughter. So okay. you know you have to make those costumes All right in advance. Of That's the, right. Uh, yeah, the great day itself. So then we'll be with the folks at Saint John of Greenfield for confirmation and uh, Saint Francis of Assisi. So uh, you know, again, hopefully, new saints coming to be mm. as they are yes. aided by the Spirit and all that they are. Our hearts are heavy and continue to be, obviously, the conflict in the Middle East and Gaza, which seems to be irremedial right now, mm-hmm. but uh, the power of prayer there in Ukraine also. So obviously, political actors are doing their part, but the, the church as well. Our Holy Father continues to say, you know, war, any war is a, always a defeat, a destruction of human fraternity. And uh, I think, you know, his sadness there, the humanitarian situation in Gaza, uh, but at the same time, that the uh, in, in no way does the uh, perhaps uh, political tensions uh, warrant terrorism, the denouncement mm. of terrorism in any form, and the right to protect and to, to go forward. Our uh, Holy Land Cardinal, Cardinal Pierre Battista Pizzabala, you know, his uh, bold witness that he would be willing to be exchanged for the child hostages that were there. Uh, no, no response from Hamas or anyone, but uh, I think, you know, truly that cardinal mm-hmm. that read uh, that he would be willing to, to do that. Uh, in October, the Holy Father had for us a day, a, a global day of prayer and mm-hmm. penance and fasting on Friday, October 
27th, or not, that wasn't a Friday, excuse me, but just, uh, you know, reminiscent of the pandemic and those gathering in mm-hmm. St. Peter's Square, the starkness, you know, of our Lord in his own poverty of spirit present under the uh, species of, of bread and, and uh, just appearing to us in all his lowliness, uh, identifying in solidarity. Mm. And so uh, how I think... We don't just let that be a one-off, but our many places and sites of Eucharistic adoration, I think, continue to be a powerful place where God's grace and Jesus wanting to feed us and to bring us his resurrection peace and how we are to, to yes, uh, complete in our own sufferings and sacrifices what is lacking in the sufferings of Christ, as Paul says in the Colossians, for the sake of the body. When we return, we'll be visiting with Stephen Minnis, the president of Benedictine College in Atchison, Kansas. You're listening to Making It Personal with Bishop Johnson on Iowa Catholic Radio and the Spirit Catholic Radio Network. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio comes from Laser Home Services. Catholic-owned and operated, Laser Home Services has been providing Central Iowa with electric, plumbing, heating, and cooling services since 2001. Learn more at laserhomeservices.com. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio provided by Farm Bureau agent Cindy Schulte, an authorized independent agent for Walmart Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Iowa, an independent licensee of the Blue Cross Blue Shield Association. Learn more at 515-226-2111 or cindyschulte.com. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio is provided by CTO. What great news for donors to the Catholic Tuition Organization. You now receive 75% of your donation back in Iowa tax credits. Your support has helped thousands of students attend our Catholic schools. Best gift ever. Online, ctoiowa.org. At CTO, the bottom line, it's for the kids and their future. Welcome back to Making It Personal with Bishop Johnson. And on today's show, we're visiting with Stephen Menace, president of Benedictine College in Atchison, Kansas. So grateful to have you, uh, President Menace. Uh, the profile of Benedictine College has uh, risen under your leadership uh, well, some 19 years. Uh, we really uh, welcome you. And as one who, part of my ministry for a good chunk of my priesthood, was in higher education, had a lot of respect for what you were doing to advance the Catholic identity and mission. So thank you for being with us today. Well, I appreciate uh, you, too. Thank you so much for having me. We get some really amazing students from your diocese, and so it's an honor for me to be with you. Thanks. And I'm unapologetic that, yes, students who started with you at Benedictine are now in the seminary for us in the Diocese of Des Moines. So uh, that itself is, is testimony to how the Spirit and helping students unfold vocation. But as we think about vocation and, uh, you know, your own life story unfolding, and maybe I'm making it personal, we get a little bit of that background. When you graduated from Benedictine yourself in, eight, in 1982, did you ever envision coming back to be president of your alma mater? Never in a million years. I, I graduated in 82. I went to Washburn Law School in Topeka after that, became an attorney, and then uh, became uh, an assistant DA uh, down in Kansas City area. I worked for Sprint Corporation, uh, now T-Mobile, and, and did litigation and regulatory work for them for 14 years. The last 12, I was on the board of directors of the college, okay? And so then my predecessor uh, at, at, at left, and I went to the chair, and I said, 
I don't have any experience for this job. You guys would be idiots to hire me. And they did. And that was 19 years ago. And <laughs> That's a great strategy. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, don't <you> think? <laughs> uh, so not even headhunters coming after you. You just kind of were there. And it wasn't they looked around the room. Uh, but uh, no. Had you had a, a sense of, you know, the growing love and wanting to see the mission flourish that, hey, maybe I should have a hand in this? Well, it, uh, I love the place. Of course, being a graduate makes a, a big difference, and I just really did love the place and love the mission and what were they were trying to accomplish. And, and I sat down one day and I said, okay, would I rather have an opportunity to make an impact on young people's lives or be a regulatory attorney in a major <laughs> communications corporation? And, you know, when you put it in that way, it's yeah. a pretty easy answer, don't you think? Now, I'm sure there are regulatory attorneys in heaven. I mean, I don't think that's a disqualifier, but uh, yeah, very much more at the essential of the, the work of the kingdom and the gospel in that way. Um, you know, higher education is a business on a certain level. Um, to what extent do you see that, uh, you know, kind of bringing, you know, as part of your skill set and all that you are? And to what extent is higher education, you know, transcend a, a business or corporate mentality? Well, that's a great question. So we, you know, I think over time, first off, uh, from a leadership perspective, I, I discovered pretty early on that this is not an executive leadership position. It's more like legislative leadership. In other words, you know, I I have one-fourth of my employees can't get fired because they have <laughs> tenure. So you have to find other ways to get them on board and row it all in the same direction, right? You know, mm-hmm. so uh, and so that's more like a, a governor with a legislator, legisl- you know, legislators, mm-hmm. than it is a mm-hmm. CEO of a corporation, you know, kind of giving orders uh, from the top. So, so that's great. I mean, you know, it's a really a great um, uh, experience. You know, one of the things that we dis- discovered kind of early on, uh, Bishop, is that you know we we've had a lot of success, and so uh, and it's not not like. It's because we had these strategic plans uh, in place. It really, for us anyway, came down to two things. Uh, we uh, embraced our mother, and we embraced our mission. And once we did those two things, we consecrated the college to the Blessed Virgin Mary, and we put we decided we we're going to put the entire college in her hands. And then we decided that we, everything we're going to do is going to be consistent with our mission to educate our students within a community of faith and scholarship. Once we did that, great things uh, started happening for us. And, and so it's pretty simple. It wasn't really blocking and tackling. It was doing higher things. And once you live that life and, and run an organization like that, then things get pretty easy. You know, and our Holy Father speaks of the parousia, the gospel, that boldness to have. And so that was that was something bold for you to do. Uh, I think uh, Atchison does not fly over country for the Blessed Mother. She's very much <laughs> felt uh, in the ethos of the campus. I was fortunate to be back in September, thanks to your uh, invitation to reflect on Fides et Ratio and the 25th anniversary of uh, St. John Paul's uh, encyclical on faith and reason. But one can't just go around, and yes, the the uh, the uh, physical, environmental, you know, the 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 ecology, if you will. Obviously, the grotto is a, is a nucleus of, of prayer and all that's there. 
but there's just a sense of, of this Catholic sensibility and beauty that uh, is brought out. But uh, that's met with the human reality, too. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, your, your own thing. You know, uh, there's a couple of good anecdotes about your own <laughs> devotion to Mary, uh, praying the rosary with students. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, sometimes, you know, uh, as one who's just had a, a rosary repaired by a local jeweler as it uh, mm-hmm. kind of fell apart on me and the car, uh, you, too, had to kind of go, go retrieve and uh, repair your own rosary. Oh my gosh! I didn't know that. That's a great. That's a great story. Well, I, uh, <laughs> I one time I was driving up and I, and I had promised Our Lady 19 years ago. I said, if you build a grotto on our campus, okay, uh, our, uh, our Lady of Lourdes appeared to Saint Bernadette in 1858, okay, in, in Lourdes, France, which is the same year the college was founded. So we have a devotion to Our Lady of. Of Lourdes, and so I, I asked Our Lady. I said, "If you build this grotto on our campus, I will come every day. I'm in Atchison and light a candle." Okay, and so this happened to be on a weekend, so I, I'm driving up to light a candle. I also decided to um, uh, throw my trash away up, up by the dumpster. By like the I grotto. said, keeping a clean environment. You yeah, know? Exactly. <laughs> right. to see. So I'm driving up, and I'm, I've got my rosary, uh, and I'm saying it. Okay, and so I'm grabbing a bag, and I throw the one of the bags in the thing, and it pops the crucifix off of the rosary, and I like literally see it in slow motion in the air landing inside the dumpster. Okay, so I'm going, and I look in the dumpster. There it is. I mean, you just can't like leave it there, right? You know, right. I'm, I'm looking around, making sure no one sees me. I didn't bother to look up into our library window where two <laughs> students are watching the entire thing, right? In fact, one of the students says, calls his, calls her buddy over there, says, hey, come over and watch this. You're going you're gonna to really love this. So, of course, they start filming me as I jump into the dumpster to get my <laughs> crucifix and somehow. So I'm the dum- dumpster diving president now. Just as long as you didn't come out also with a slice of old pizza or something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Christian, then, remember your dignity. Yeah. yeah. So that my first experience of going viral, I guess. <laughs> what a wonderful story. So yeah. Mary was smiling, no doubt. Mm-hmm. Um, you talk about the the faculty, and that's a you know at the essential heart of any higher education, uh, and that can also be a, a a thorny challenge at times, particularly as trying to advance the Catholic identity and mission. So we're getting a little serious here, mm-hmm. but. Uh, um, yeah. How have you been able, because that was my sense of, you know, the, the faculty that I've encountered, not just in philosophy and theology, but in the sciences and other disciplines at Benedictine are all in about the Catholic identity. How, you know, is what you've built there, you know, continued to be something that is reflected in those who even apply for open positions? And how, you know, maybe were there any challenges in trying to advance this? Right. So this is this is the most important thing that you can do, and I have the blessing to interview everybody that we hire on campus, including all faculty members. One of the, one of the first things that we require is that you have to, you know, not only do you have to send us your CV and your uh, opening letters and references and things like that, but you also have to send us a statement that says how you will support the mission of Benedictine College. Our mission is a Catholic, Benedictine, liberal arts residential college whose mission is to educate our students within a community of faith and scholarship. So th- so they have to write this statement out. And so I read that statement before I interview them. I actually 
pray for each of our, uh, I pray Hail Mary for each of the people that I interview as well. But then we sit down and we go through the whole thing. I tell them all about the mission and all about the success we've had at the college. And, and because of two things, we embraced our mother by consecrating the college to her, and we embraced our mission. And then at the end, I ask them, tell me how you're going to support the mission. Not do you accept the mission, but are you going to, how, how are you going to support it? And then at the and, end, excuse me, and, and that's not a gotcha question. They know that's coming, right? Oh, so that's right. Yeah, exactly. they can reflect right. on it they, in advance. Yeah. They should have already had it because they had to write their statement out, too, mm-hmm. right? You know, mm-hmm. so and you can kind of tell just from the statement if they're going to be committed or not. And so that that's a huge, huge uh, issue for us, and and um, so so important. We had situations early on where we we may not have had groups of. Um, uh, faculty members that were not on board, and, and over time, you know, they've they've kind of seen that this is not a place for them because our mission is so strong, and we really do need people on board. Last thing I ask them is, do you have the capacity to love our students? Because that's going to be one of the most important things that they can do is love our students, and uh, that's the differentiator between public schools and Catholic schools is that. Uh, uh, Pope Benedict told us in 2008 that uh, uh, public schools have a a duty to inform the intellect, but Catholic schools have a duty to not only inform the intellect, but to inform the will, and they have a duty to love their students. And so uh, that's that's one of the last questions I ask them, uh, that they they have the capacity to love our students, because if they don't, then this is not going to be a very good place for them. Which strikes to the heart of their own vocational commitment and calling that, you know, that the people that obviously the dedication to the discipline and the the, the uh, precepts and the, the standards of their discipline obviously obtain, but uh, that personal dimension. So, you know, and again, uh, as I've talked to young people who are alums, uh, this is something that they have keenly felt, and it inflames their desire and love for Jesus. You know, when we th- sense ourselves to be unconditional love, obviously our families, but that when somebody else who, you know, is accompanying us and mentoring us. Uh, that's a powerful thing. Uh, I laughed, you know, when I was staying at the Abbey Guest House, one of the, the women who was kind of the uh, receptionist there, she was kind of chuckling. She said, you know, Atchison, it's kind of a Catholic Mayberry <laughs> in a way. Uh, how, to what extent, you know, and it's a marvelous uh, little town, a beautiful setting there uh, on, on the river, close proximity to Kansas City, obviously, but um, to what extent does that ambiance of the, the smaller town but how does it also then not just become this Catholic ghetto? Well, this is a great question. So we we have um, we really uh, try to create. I, I don't mean center as a thing, but we try to create this Catholic um, cultural center here, and we want to create a place in Atchison that says, okay, if you're an Atchison business person or entrepreneur or artist or writer or intellect uh, or just family, come to Atchison because you're going to find uh, a lot of folks that are, are similar to you in the, this beautiful environment with the college and the abbey at the very top top of it uh, here. And it's really kind of a neat experience. We probably had, and now since the pandemic, now you have more and more people able to work virtually. And so now people are making decisions about where they want to live, not because it's close to corporate headquarters, 
but because of where they want to raise their family. And so then you can create a family-friendly atmosphere here in, uh, in Atchison. We've had uh, at least 10 families that have moved here in the last 12 months probably. They've sold their houses in Portland and in Phoenix and Albuquerque and Dallas and, and moved, uh, moved to Atchison because of what's going on here from a spiritual perspective. Oh, that's tremendous. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and that, that are there any houses really available? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I know. Well, that is an issue, and actually, we've uh, gone out and talked to developers uh, to say, okay, hey, let's start thinking of ways we can develop um, develop more housing here, especially close to the college, so you know people can walk to church, and now you create this kind of like atmosphere of you know walking and neighbors and building mm. community and. It's really a neat, neat thing that's going on here. Yeah, very much of a human scale. We're about a minute uh, and a quarter away from a break, but then that expansion yeah. too. You know, and maybe this will after the break we'll elaborate a little bit more. But now footprint in Florence, Italy. Uh, obviously, the other programs that have uh, you know you've inaugurated in engineering and architecture, and uh, soon to be a medical school. Yes, well, that's <laughs> you know. Um, uh, a lot of the, a lot of things that happen, uh, happen mostly because I, I don't know what I'm doing, okay, and, and it's just been really a blessing. We, we wanted to start engineering, and we had these consultants on our campus saying, um, hey, we think you can start engineering because you have such a strong physics department, and we think it's only going to cost you an additional $50,000 a year uh, to do engineering. And I said, yeah, well, you know, that's 12 Ph.D. engineers and a $24 million building later, okay? Right. So, <laughs> but it's, a, it's an amazing uh, uh, ma- uh, major for us. I mean, it's one of our largest majors on our campus now. And uh, I'll, t- I'll tell you one story beca- before the break here. But uh, Unfortunately, President Minnis, we are going to have to oh, pause for the break. Good. So we'll the, now, now we've got a teaser to hold our listeners. <laughs> <laughs> Well, to find out more about Benedictine College, go online to benedictine.edu. We're going to take a quick break. You're listening to Making It Personal with Bishop Johnson on Iowa Catholic Radio and the Spirit Catholic Radio Network. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio is provided by the Sarah Vocations Ministry, including the St. Sarah Club of Des Moines and the Sarah Club of Council Bluffs. Sarah is an apostolate of the Worldwide Catholic Church dedicated to fostering and supporting priesthood and religious vocations. Sarans strive to accomplish their mission through prayer, fellowship, and service to the bishop priests, sisters, and all in religious formation, and in doing so to increase their own holiness. Learn more at joinsara.org, join org. Thank you, Sarans, for your support of Iowa Catholic Radio. Lace up your running shoes and get ready to conquer a scenic trail-looped course surrounded by breathtaking natural beauty at the Pumpkin Spice and Everything Nice 5K Run and Charity Walk, benefiting Mary's Helping Hands. 10 a.m. Saturday, November 18th at the Valley Community Center in West Des Moines. This event is not just about running, it's about making a positive impact in our community while enjoying a fun-filled day with family and friends. To register or learn more, visit maryshelpinghandsiowa.org. Welcome back to Making It Personal with Bishop Johnson. So, President Minnis, you had a little story for us. Uh, you, yeah. Engineering is a launch pad, and you have the attention of this uh, son of an engineering faculty member at, at one of our yeah. state students. <laughs> well, schools. I was uh, going to tell the story that um, we, we started engineering, and, uh, you know, you're at a small private school. There's a lot of 
uh, engineering programs that cost a lot less money uh, that our students pass on the way to get to our college. So why would you come to come to our place for engineering? Uh, other than it's uh, it's a pretty hands on hands on place. But one time, one of our probably our best engineers went to uh, talk to the head of engineering, the chair of the of the engineering department, Darren Mugley, and and sat down with him and said, "Okay, tell me how can I be a better engineer?" And, and uh, Dr. Mugley said, "Well." The first thing you need to do is, uh, is go to adoration at least an hour a week, okay? <laughs> you do that for two months. Uh, then you come back to see me, and we'll talk about engineering. <laughs> well, you're not going to get that advice in very many engineering no. programs across yeah, the country. There's the grace of adoration, and there's the capacity to focus, too, and there you go. hang in there. So, and then a medical school. I mean, what are you thinking? <laughs> that only costs 50000 too. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. So uh, I think that one's going to cost us a little more than $50,000 a year, <laughs> yeah. too. Um, but uh, we were approached by Catholic Healthcare International. Uh, they really believe in, uh, in trying to start a faithful Catholic medical school in the middle of the country and wanted to start on a faithful Catholic college campus. And, and so they approached us, and, and we said, gosh, what, a, what an opportunity. Our vision is to transform culture in America. And what a better way to transform the culture, than, especially in healthcare, than to graduate faithful Catholic doctors, you know, where, I mean, I, I have horror stories of some of our students going to medical schools and really being attacked for their faith, okay, and their beliefs. Mm-hmm. And so we wanted to create a place where they won't be attacked for their, their faith and their beliefs. Uh, and it's, we're very excited. Now, this is a long process. I mean, it's proposed, obviously. Uh, if everything goes well, uh, it wouldn't be open until 2027, but fall of 27. But it's, uh, it's worth the sacrifice and worth the work to get it done because it's just a huge, uh, huge game changer for the culture. Okay. Uh, we're coming up under two minutes here, President Menace, and there's so much. Uh, and you talk about the culture where students, maybe with diverse learning styles, who may have special needs, that uh, there's a place for them at Benedictine. Uh, you know, the growth that you've experienced, uh, you know, is there a limit uh, that you'd say, oh, well, we, you know, to keep our kind of campus community, what the, the personality we want it to have, that you wouldn't go beyond? Yes. Well, we have a we have a new program that we started called the St. Joseph Cupertino program, which um, we recruit uh, two students, special needs students, Down syndrome, for example, or someone on the spectrum uh, uh, to every class, uh, every class. So we have eight. Uh, we'll have. When it's all said and done, we'll have eight of those students on our campus to provide, you know, some diversity. They're, they're non-degree seeking, but they want a college experience, and we want our students to have an experience with them as well. And, uh, you know, we're kind of in this era. I mean, it's tragic, right? But who's having, who's having Down syndrome children? Catholics, right? Mm-hmm. They're, they're, mm-hmm. they're the last group just because of the technology and what's happening in healthcare and the abortion industry, and so um, we want to we want to provide support with them, and we want to uh, you know show show support for uh, those those students at Benedictine. Beautiful, and magnifying the the dignity of, of each and every human person, and how Mary must be uh, so pleased and uh, part of the again the the conduit of graces that are coming forth. Uh, you continue yeah. to grow and flourish. Uh, there's probably much more, President Minnis, but uh, as a member of the Higher Education Working Group for the U.S. Catholic Bishops, uh, thank you for the role you're doing to, to continue to advance the mission and identity. Many blessings upon you. 
Well, and thank you for what you're doing for your diocese. You're just a fantastic bishop, and, and they're lucky to have you, so thank you. All right. This has been another edition of Making It Personal with Bishop Johnson. Thank you to President Menace and to all of our listeners in Iowa, Nebraska, Wisconsin, and Atchison, Kansas, <laughs> or wherever you may be listening to Iowa Catholic Radio and the Spirit Catholic Radio Network. You can hear Making It Personal with Bishop William Johnson every week on Iowa Catholic Radio and iowacatholicradio.com. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio and Making It Personal is provided by Sarah Vocations Ministry. Learn more at joinserra.org.